Hi, I'm Danny Murphy, and welcome back to Virtual Reality, where me and Evan Real spill all the reality TV news and gossip, and get ready to listen to our full, unedited interview with one of your favorite reality TV stars. Nick Vial, Danny and I are so pumped to have you on the podcast, mainly because your podcast has been such a, a source of <laughs> content for us at Page Six. I feel like we're constantly writing headlines about all of your incredible interviews. I know that there were a lot, a lot of really clicky headline worthy interviews that you did in 2023. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're so excited to chat with you and hopefully we can create some clicky moments. <laughs> well, first, uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, covering my show. We appreciate it. We work hard here at the Vile Files. We love doing what we're doing. And so thanks so much for listening and uh, covering what we we like to talk about. We love it. And I feel everybody who listens to your podcast loves it. And I feel also what you do so well, the environment, even the aesthetics right now, I see like you on the couch with like the green in the back. I'm like, I guess I'm going to tell him my entire life. Like there's something about you, the invitingness of it that I feel really gets people to open up. Well, I appreciate you saying that. We try to create a, a warm environment for our guests and, you know, we, we, hope that they want to be vulnerable and share their stories. I always, you know, I always tell my guests, like, listen, this is your opportunity to, you know, hopefully share another side of you and, you know, humanize yourself a little bit because a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of the people we have on not exclusively are, you know, reality TV stars um, who, you know, don't always have the, um, you know, they don't always get to control their own narrative sometimes. And um, sometimes things get cut out and context can be lost and things like that. And so I want them to feel comfortable and feel like this is a safe space to really just articulate their point of view and, you know, why they approached any given situation um, and hopes that, you know, my audience, uh, you know, can just maybe understand their point of view a little bit better or empathize with them a little bit more. And, you know, be more relatable. And so, you know, that's always what we're trying to do when we interview our guests. And, uh, you know, hopefully we accomplish that. I think you more than accomplish that. Would you say that you have a, a specific tactic or what would you say is the the special sauce in your interview style? Because although the intention, of course, is there to make someone feel comfortable, that they can be vulnerable to share all these crazy things on your show, there has to be some sort of... Um, I don't know. They're, they're, like, what, what, what is it? How, how do you do it? Like, cause Danny and I are trying to figure that out. Ourselves. Well, I think more than anything, you, you know, it is making them feel safe and comfortable. And I think sometimes, um, you know, whether it's myself or, you know, the household, as we call it on the vile files, uh, you know, being willing to kind of express their own vulnerabilities about situations. You know, if I ask a question about, let's say a relationship dynamic or a friendship dynamic where I can offer like, Hey, you know, I've been in a situation like this, this has affected me this way, you know, and if I open up, it's a little bit more inviting for my guests to open up a little bit as well. And, you know, I also feel like, you know, I, you know, everyone who comes on, I think they, they have a story they want to tell, you know, and it's really just, you know, letting them know that we're fans because I am fans of all the, you know, the, the guests I do have on. And it really just, you know, if you bring a positive energy um, and you, you know, make you make them feel like you understand where they're coming from and can relate to them. Um, I think it just makes it easier for people to want to open up. I don't want people to say anything they're not comfortable with. I don't want them to regret anything they say on my show. 
you know, it, it really is important to me that everyone who comes on the vile files leaves feeling, you know, great about that interview and leaves feeling like, you know, people understand them uh, more. And I think it's just getting about creating that atmosphere and, you know, making them feel good about what they had to say, you know, when we, when we get done with the interviews, you know, especially when my guests are vulnerable, like we're, we're thrilled and, you know, and, and genuinely we'll let them know how, how wonderful it was to talk with them. You know, I think just people want to feel good about what they have to say. Um, and the more, uh, the more, the better they feel good about it, the more vulnerable, you know, they tend to be. And do you have moments where, because like you said, you open up and invite them to have that element of vulnerability, but it's always kind of like that after a fact when like you like, or this happens to me, like when I talk to someone and I'm like, what did I just say? Like, do you have that moment where like, do you, where people, do they text you a lot to be like, hey, can we edit this, this, this out? And do you go back and forth? Like, no, I think like it could be worthwhile to leave it in. Or are you just like, fine, we'll cut it out. Do you have experience like that? Or are most people when they leave, they're like, you know what? I said it and I'm glad I did. You know, I think that there's a spectrum of all those instances. Um, again, you know, I'm not trying to like gotcha when it comes to my guests. And if they say something they really feel will, you know, hurt their mental health or make things difficult on them, we'll oblige their requests. You know, there are instances where I can tell maybe there's a little bit of panic. I certainly know what it's like to be in those shoes. And then I'll, you know, I'll walk through it with them and, and, um, and I, you know, I genuinely, you know, again, if, if they really feel strong about that, I'm not going to argue with them, but if I can tell they're on the fence, I'll just, uh, tell them how I see it, uh, and my point of view from it. Um, and often that will help. I also will remind my, my audience too. It's just like, you know, something we care very much on the show. It's just like, what I care about is people are invested in my show, you know, and, we share our thoughts and opinions about the, the content we watch and the pop culture topics. And it really doesn't matter whether people agree with me or disagree. It just matters that they care what we have to say. You know, I invite people to disagree with what we have to say. In fact, I love people, you know, as long as they're respectful, you know, this, this show is about having conversations around the topics we love talking about pop culture, Taylor Swift, reality TV, you know, and I have my thoughts. The household has their thoughts. Our audience has their thoughts. And I just want people to be engaged uh, and passionate about what we're talking about. So I will remind my guests sometimes that they're a little nervous. It's just like, listen, your fans are a lot of them have an opinion of you. Right. And some people will always be your fans and some people will always be your critics. Those are the hardcore fans. And most likely, no matter what you say, nothing is going to change their opinion. But we have millions of people listening to our show. And you have an opportunity to connect with new audience people and people who might not be as familiar with you or just might know you, you know, uh, might know of you more, more than really know who you are. And this is your opportunity to really, you know, have the floor, so to speak. And I think you should feel good about what you're saying. And instead of, you know, stressing about, you know, those, you know, those critics or trolls that, you know, we all get familiar with, you know, everyone in the limelight has those has those trolls that are so passionate. They're like commenting on every little thing that you kind of like know who they are, you know, and they can affect your mental health and they can get under your skin and they can edit yourself and things like that. And I, I tell my team that too. It's just like, you gotta be careful about listening to the noise because it, it changes, you know, it changes your POV about yourself and the world. You will edit yourself. It's hard to be who you are when you're constantly um, trying to please people you've never met, you know, and things like that. And so, <laughs> 
Um, it's just a little bit of that, like a little mini, mini therapy session. But again, more than anything, I want them to feel good about it. So if they are on the fence, I will, I'll talk them through it. If they feel passionate about taking something out, we're happy to oblige. But more than like, I think generally they all feel really good about it. And then usually once the dust settles, uh, I would say we have a pretty good track record of our guests being super excited and pretty glad that they did our show. Well, Danny and I were super excited about your chat with Lindsay Hubbard. I think she definitely took the floor to explain her side of the Carl breakup. And I feel like she also really wanted to course correct some of the rumors that were out there. And now she has, I feel like she really used your show to let everyone know that she felt blindsided, that she felt like Carl set her up with the producers coming and then doing it on camera and everything. When you were talking to Lindsay, what was the most shocking revelation for you from that interview? Because it was really nice. To I, think, I think it was Carl locking himself in his bedroom after. <laughs> but I kind of don't blame him. No, that's fair. <laughs> After, after, I, if I were to break up with Lindsay Hubbard on camera, I would go run to the bathroom and lock myself. Well, that that is true. So I guess to that extent, just all of it, you know, just the whole. I'm I, I'm recently, as you guys, I'm I'm sure know, I I have immersed myself into Bravo Nation recently. Vanderpump really kind of brought me in Scandal, and obviously that opened the door. My fiance Natalie has been a Housewives fans for some time now. She has been trying to get me in, and we have, you know, now I'm. I'm deep into Beverly Hills Housewives, you know, I'm, I'm I just started uh, Salt Lake City, Ooh. you know, like, you know, oh, you know, we've had Heather on uh, from Orange County. So, yeah, we're I'm, I'm fully into Bravo and it's really just been a blessing and I'm truly such a great, <laughs> it's so great. Um, I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, Lin- oh so, yeah, I, mean, I guess what I, I brought that up just because I am really just fascinated and it started with Vanderpump just like. You know, my experience on reality TV has always been one where I get immersed in these intense, very controlled atmospheres that have a very structured timeline, you know, like Bachelor. It's, you know, you might leave the first night, but it's or you might be there for nine weeks, but that's all it is. And then you're done, you know, and yeah, it airs and all those things. But Vanderpump or Housewives, like, you know, where's the show stop and where their life begins is such a cloudy murky line and i don't even know if that line exists and all these people who you know their careers are the show you know and so it is really fascinating to me to learn about how these people make these types of huge decisions like breaking up with your fiance and then having to decide whether is this something i want to have on a television show and if I don't, how will that affect my career? It's I'm just so kind of fascinated by, uh, you know, these choices that these these characters on these shows have to make. And so it is wild to me, you know, that Carl decided to end his engagement on on the show, knowing how reality TV works, the the conversations that he must have had to have. Um, it, 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 it is very insensitive. I would love to hear from Carl's point of view you know, of why he made the decision that he did. But, you know, some things I feel like, you know, you got to be authentic about it. You got to respect the, you know, the the real life aspect of a relationship and to blindside someone to end an engagement uh, with cameras around is is a very, I guess I would argue, 
cruel thing to do, you know, and because it really puts you on the spot. You, you know, like to, to receive news like that. And then you see cameras around you. You're, you're so self-aware, but also hurting inside. And it's just, you know, sometimes when our hearts are broken, we, we want to, we want to, we want to let our feelings out. And, you know, obviously, Lindsay, there's no way she was allowed to have an authentic reaction, you know, regardless of whatever her reaction was. And, and the grieving process is so, is forever changed. It, it, was, a, it was a wild choice by Carl. And the fact that he, you know, followed through with his choice to lock himself in the room because, you know, that, that was him playing ball, you know, mm-hmm. because... You know, he, he knows how Lindsay is. He knows that she's going to get to the bottom of it. He didn't want to. And he was like saving it for the show. You know, when people come into our studios, you know, we'll have some rapport and we'll talk. And, we're, you know, I try to keep the conversations light because before we record, you know, you, you want to save it for the show. You know, you don't want to lose anything before you start recording. And so to do that with your own personal life is, I think, so wild to me. Um, and something that um, I, I don't fully understand because I haven't been a part of, you know, Bravo Nation, but it is hard for me to understand that Carl could do that with someone he says he cares about. And I was, I know that entire moment and then just then realizing, because like you're saying, it affects her career because not only were they couples, they're co-workers. So it's not yeah. like she'll never see each other again. Oh, they oh. got a whole summer hangout. You know, it's and- like... BravoCon and press obligations and everything like that. And I'm curious, I love that you said you would love to hear Carl's POV because the second I saw Lindsay going on your podcast, I was like, I wonder if Carl's going to DM Nick. (laughs) So I'm guessing he has not yet. Uh, He has not, but I did recently have Olivia um, on my show and I have heard from a couple of Southern Charm characters. Oh, it's okay. Tell us about that. Well, I won't, I won't reveal because obviously some, you know, I'll, I'll, hope to have some of them on and yeah, i don't like follow to... and subscribe babe then you'll then you'll reveal <laughs> yeah, i'll subscribe um but uh yeah i mean it's again it's been super fun for our show the vile files to immerse ourselves into bravo world and you know we work really hard to try to become the show where you know whether it's reality tv personalities or pop culture personalities if they have a story to tell you know this is the place you know i hope people want to tell their story and you know, so if it's Lindsay telling her side of the story, you know, uh, we're big fans of Lindsay, but at the same time, we don't play favorites and we want to, you know, if we give one person the opportunity, you know, uh, the people they're talking about, they deserve an opportunity as well. And we certainly hope that they choose our, our show to do that. Having immersed yourself in the Bravo world recently post Scandal, is there a part of you that wishes your journey in reality tv would have happened in an environment like bravo versus bachelor nation like does that style of reality tv is that is that attractive to you no 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 absolutely not no i mean (laughs) i give i really do give all the people on the bravo shows a ton of credit because i don't think people appreciate just how hard it is what they do uh the vulnerability it requires uh to really put your all of your life out there and all, you know, the good, bad, and sometimes the very ugly. I also just don't think I'm, uh, I can be snarky. And I certainly was, you know, people, I guess, found me entertaining. And I, you know, I was always surprised uh, in Bachelor World where in the times I was considered the bad boy because, you know, Bachelor World's pretty vanilla. But like, you know, 
I kind of joke, we're watching Vanderpump. You know, on Bachelor World, you know, you can get a bad rep for interrupting someone. Oh, you know, in Vanderpump, <laughs> it's like episode three of season four. It, you know, and someone's just like a stripper and it's like no big deal. And like, that's just like one moment of several you know it's like the intensity of their lives is like is, is outrageous to me and i'd kind of love to watch you just cap- like yeah. clutching your pearls being like why is everyone fighting what's going yeah, on yeah i know <laughs> like, i, I think a i could, i think i could get some interesting commentary as a friend of these people but i don't i don't know if i would be as an energy i don't know if i could deliver with the lifestyle that i have natalie and i do a lot of tv watching we love our dogs and we, you know, decorate early for Christmas. So I, I don't know. That's, you know. Well, speaking of Christmas, you immersed yourself. I think you and Evan both immersed yourself this week in Christmas and Bravo because I saw you also attended Kathy Hilton's party. And how did that feel as a full on Bravo fan right now? Because I feel that kind of is like Winter Wonderland Bravo edition. It really was. Kathy, uh, no surprise. Well, I mean, I guess it was a surprise, but I guess not a surprise. But she imported real snow. I was so, I was so, I was like, how did she do this? And then I feel like it made the backyard colder. Probably. Yeah. It was, I was freezing. It was, it was wild. And, um, Nally was like in every room we went in and she's like, what is this room normally used for? You know, like, (laughs) um, but yeah, it was a ton of, it was a ton of fun. And, um, I've had a chance to interview Kathy in the past. I, I met Kyle that, that night. Um, and other housewives I've met in the past. So yeah, I mean, it's, it is fun, you know, because we here at the Vile Files are doing more and more Bravo, you know, it's, it's fun to continue to meet um, uh, some of these uh, lovely ladies. And then we went to the variety top 40 most powerful women and in, in, in reality TV the next day. So it was back to back hardcore reality TV and uh, met a few more uh, wonderful housewives. Um, some tracked me down and, I, 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 I really want to say this name, but coming in January, hopefully, um, uh, one of them tracked me down and said, Nick, I want to come on your show. I have a lot to say. And I said, let's do it. Um, but I'm uh, really excited about this one. Yeah. Wow. Why do I feel like you and Tamara Judge would make great podcast content together? It was that I think we would. Tamara was supposed to come on, but she flaked on me once. Yeah, and then Aww. Teddy. Came, well, Teddy's a fan. I, 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 Teddy's been on multiple times. I I love Teddy. Teddy does get a bad rap in in Bravo Nation. Um, I think she's incredibly authentic. Uh, yeah, she can be rough around the edges sometimes, but you always know what you're getting with Teddy. Uh, I consider her a friend. I think she's great. And uh, yeah, uh, Tamara. She was like stuck in the mountains. I, she said, "I don't know. I don't know." But I, I'd love to have Tamara on sometime. Sure. Sure, Tamara. But I do think to your credit too, Teddy is so amazing on two teas in a pod. And I feel it's like her in her full on element where she's like, now I'm going to like, now I'm going to say everything that I was saying, maybe didn't make it to air, but I'm going to be myself and let you all know about everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 every time I have Teddy on, you know, I, I, I always get these reactions from our audience for it's like visceral. And I'm like, what is, you know, cause my, when I met Teddy, I didn't watch, I, I, I've never seen Teddy on, on uh, Housewives. Um, so I don't know what the f- she was doing, but he, <laughs> she was pissing someone off. But I, I think she's great. I love people who are authentic. I love people who are willing to speak their piece, even in the face of criticism. Um, you know, Teddy is a vulnerable person. She's willing to admit her faults from what I can tell for the most part when she does step in it. But 
you know what you're getting with Teddy, and that's something I really appreciate. At Kathy's party, I was I was actually right next to Teddy, and I think she's so great at her job. She really is Teddy Walter. She asks really great questions. She gets she got Mary Cosby to admit that production was trying to ice her out of scenes on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. So I I appreciate what she's oh, doing. Oh, I met Mary too that night. That was wild. Yeah. Well, oh. What did you think of Mary? Because I was I was telling Danny I couldn't believe that she showed like she left her closet to come to Los Angeles for Kathy Hilton, and I yeah. she was. Because on the show, she's like an alien in a way. But in person, she was so warm and personable. Was what was your take? She was very nice. She came up to Natalie, my fiance, who is um, somewhere in her third trimester. We're not giving away the, the due date. so. Um, but she walked up to, to Natalie and um, apparently thinks she has some sort of you know, cosmic powers to uh, tell the gender. Um, so... <laughs> Wow, was, was she like, great? She kind of like no, she she kind of did her like thing. She goes, "You're having a boy," and I was like, "Close." Uh, yeah. <laughs> try again. Uh, we are having a, a girl. Uh, we're very excited about that. But you know that you know, I'm just having a bit of fun with Mary. But you know, maybe it was I, Mountain Time versus Pacific Time with the cosmic energy. Something yeah, yeah, that got thrown yeah. off. Yeah, something. Maybe it was the real snow that she just didn't anticipate. Um, but she was very, she was very sweet and very nice, and it was a pleasure getting to know her. I was stuck on the carpet for the majority of the night, but I didn't get to, I didn't get to see Olivia, and I didn't get to see Crystal. But I was very interested to see if there would be any interactions between the two after Olivia said Crystal was rude at BravoCon. Did you notice any interesting energy or interactions? Are we talking Olivia Flowers? Yes. Interesting. Well, it's funny because that day I had interviewed Olivia and I also had, I had been talking with Crystal. Uh, Crystal will be coming on our show next week. But uh, yeah, actually those were two of the women I had talked to that night. Uh, I did not see them interact with, but now I will, uh, I will make sure to ask. I didn't know about that. I was unaware of that tea. So thank you. Um, I did not see any interactions between the two. Um, but uh, I'll get to the bottom of it with Crystal. No, get to the bottom of that. And also I love you getting to the bottom of a lot of Beverly Hills drama because I'm assuming you're up to date and you're watching the dinner party from hell part three with all of us. I, we fell asleep watching housewives <laughs> last night. It was late. So I didn't hey. get to that part yet, but by the time next week, I will be up to speed. Uh, I'm going mean, to need you. I'm going to need to know if you're leaning more Sutton or Kyle, because that's kind of what's going down right now. Do you have any thoughts already? I, 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 I find myself wanting to be team Kyle, but, but I'm just on the fence, you know? Hmm. And why is that? Um, just because I, I just, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because it's tough that I think Kyle's in a tough position. Like I said before, I, I do just overall blanket statement for everyone on these shows. I, I think people really, especially if you're a diehard fan of Bravo, I think you really just need to appreciate the vulnerability these characters bring to the table and the television and the entertainment they bring. It's not easy to do. It is very taxing on their mental health. It is every time they share a personal story, it's a lot for them. That being said, you know, uh, sometimes you can tell they're kind of cagey about, you know, what they want to say 
and then we see things out in the press and it's just like, but sometimes caginess can be misconstrued as deceitfulness. Mm. And in reality, they're just not sure if they want to like tell you the full story because they want to keep some privacy. And I think sometimes with Kyle, I can't tell if she is being cagey because she doesn't want to, you know, share everything. Or does that mean she's like, you know, being strategic and, and not fully giving us the truth because she's trying to curry favor with the fans. You know what? Does that make sense? That does make sense. And I feel like that is a criticism that we've heard over the years that Kyle sort of plays to the audience a bit. I think this season has been interesting because what she told me at Kathy's party is that Sutton and Garcelle started to question her about her marriage before she had spoken about the issues she and Mauricio were having with her kids. And so she said that she felt reticent to discuss it with the ladies before she had had a chat about it with her children, which I guess. That's fair. But is that true? Is the question, you know, it's like, right, right. And and, and Kyle is, you know, she's OG. She's a pro, you know, like she knows how the the cheese is made, you know? Um, So it's, it's tough. It is, you know, that's sometimes why I like the new characters because there's a level of like naivete, you know, um, with, uh, with their storyline with Kyle, it is, it is, it's very hard to just determine is this truly the authentic truth or is this Kyle's version? It's like Taylor's version, Kyle's version. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I also Uh, love that. If that's her reason, it's like, did she think Sutton's going to run from the party? Be like, Hey, Farah, guess what your mom just told me about her marriage. Yeah. Right. Also, Nick, I don't know if you caught this confessional from Garcelle, but I would love to get your take on it. Garcelle sort of implied that Dorit staged her robbery, and that has definitely been a conspiracy among fans, but we've never heard a housewife. That is that is quite the accusation. Right? I mean, I don't think Dorit has it in her to do that. I don't think like anyone has it in them to maybe Jen Shaw. I feel like Jen Shaw could and would do something like that. But like, I just don't see Dorit doing all that. Right. Because if, if that, let's say that turned out to be true, that would be career ending. Career ending. And like, and like light, like I think she would get arrested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there would be, it would be major, consequences for something like that to to turn out to be true and you know i'm still relatively new to beverly hills housewives so i i i'm not a historian on dorit so to speak (laughs) but she doesn't she doesn't come across as the most attention hungry personality on this franchise um and that it's just and it seemed heartbreaking what she went through. I don't know if Dorit's that good of an actor, you know, and that's not a criticism. No, that's yeah. at all, you know, and it really was hard to watch, you know, Dorit talk about the violation of having someone like come into your home and, Oh, what a, what a icky feeling to have to experience something like that. Um, I, that's a wild accusation by Garcelle. I, I hope it's not true. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm going to say that it's easier for Garcelle to drop that juicy line and then ask for forgiveness from Dor- 
Dorit, that's far more believable, you know, because it's housewives. Hey, we need some drama. Throw out an accusation than actually thinking this would be actually true. Because if it's actually true, that's 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 a new scandal. You know, oh. that's, a new, yeah. that's massive. <laughs> that's you know? all- Rachel goes rogue. The Dorit goes. I don't even know where Dorit would go after that. Oh, it's Wait. wild. <laughs> but I do. I mean, I, I can. Uh, Dorit's, uh, I don't know what, which, I'm gonna ask you guys, which, which do you think is more outrageous, good or bad? ITM, I call them ITM in the, in the moment interviews. Mm-hmm. That's my bachelor talking. Um, Erica's or Dorit's? Because like Erica, she's got her like spandex pink, you know, tie thing, uh, which is very colorful and loud and then dorit has her dior kind of like uniform on and it, i will say it is very hard to empathize with someone talking about well i guess any misfortune when you're like in a what i can only assume is a couple thousand dollar outfit um it's just oh, it doesn't pull erica, the heartstrings <laughs> when erica's like i check my electricity bill and I shiver when she has custom Louis. I'm like sitting in my studio apartment <laughs> and she's in head to toe Fendi. I'm like, you're freaking out about your, your electricity bill. Yeah. Your okay. outfit requires a security team, you know, like <laughs> that's a, that actually, a down payment for like, I feel half of her bags. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. such a great point. I have literally never thought about that. So like they, they really are, they're talking about their misfortunes, but they're dressed in head to toe designer and i'm i'm just a dumbass viewer being of course they are but that is that's something to think about guys it's why it's i i I just get a kick out of it you know i mean you listen you you can't be an amazing housewife without lacking a little bit of self-awareness you know when erica asked her therapist point blank what is empathy oh my god that was wild but at least she wasn't afraid to ask. At least she was self-aware to know that she did not possess empathy. So let's let's get up for Erica there, right? I honestly, I, 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 I think her, Erica knows what empathy is. I think she was leaning into. She's the a showman, as Dorit yeah, would call her. Yeah, she is. She is. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't believe that Erica doesn't know what empathy is. I think sometimes she can um, lack the ability to demonstrate it. Um, but I, I do think she's capable of it. And I, I was on dancing with the stars with, um, um, with, uh, with Erica and, you know, she has a, she has a hard candy shell. I actually relate a lot to Erica. Like I'm not the most approachable person in public. I'm a bit introverted, you know, I'm a bit aloof at times. Um, and I, you know, and so I, I think sometimes I can kind of give off a, an unapproachable, vibe at times erica can give off the same thing but when you're having a one-on-one with erica she's cool as she's cool to talk to chill warm very inviting seems very down to earth you know so it's weird how much she has like these sides that she chooses to tell and um but there is a very kind and warm side to erica that i got to know on dancing with the stars and i think sometimes um she almost does herself a disservice for the, I guess, for the show or for the entertainment and, mm. and people don't get to know the real Erica at times. Uh, I feel like the bio files would be a great place and space for Erica to put her warmth and vulnerability on display. I feel like she does well in long form. Situations. I think so. I'd love to have her on. I don't know if she's going to like my take on the earrings. Oh, oh. 
you you've expressed your take on the show before i'm assuming and has has she dm'd you or i've not heard she didn't tell me to off like she told john ham uh, <laughs> that's true wait uh very quickly what is your take on the earrings well i mean i think what most people is is like come on erica like you know it's really not about i think you know she won her court case on a technicality you know, the technicality being is like there's no way to prove if the money that her husband stole was actually used for these earrings because he, in addition to stealing money, he also made legitimate money. So, like, how can you really tell, you know? But the reality is, is that Tom did steal millions of dollars from a lot of innocent, innocent people. And it's just, if nothing else, it's just very tacky to not only wear them, but to talk about their value um and while while um that money clearly could be used to right a few wrongs when it comes to the crimes that her husband did commit and i do feel like erica is innocent of those crimes i think she i really feel for her when it comes to, you know there's nothing worse than to trust someone and to love someone and have them go behind your back and and not only ruin their reputation, but by proxy ruin yours. So I, I very much empathize with what that might be like for Erica. But nevertheless, you know, uh, she was spending money that wasn't hers, uh, whether she knew about it or not. Mm -hmm. and, and also, uh, she has a lot of earrings. Like, girl, you could say goodbye to these. You have other nice stuff. Yeah. But, but what I will say, if she's worried about the electricity bill, she wants to hang on to the million dollar earrings in case there comes a month when she can't pay her electricity. There you go. Oh, no. yeah. Wait, and I like that you say you and her, you feel a similarity, like a kinship to her. Will we see you? Are me and Evan buying tickets to Nick's residency? I would love to see you do a little burlesque moment. I mean, I'd love to see me do it too. Uh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, if we could sell enough of tickets, I, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe, you know. <laughs> She, I, I, yes, she, those are hard to sell. We've, we've, I'm gonna be, we've, I'm gonna be a dad soon, so you know, I, I need, I need my daughter to look up to me. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. So there's a lot of it. Like for you, you have fatherhood to be excited for. Me and Evan don't have as much going on in our lives, so we're mainly just looking forward to the new season of Vanderpump Rules. Oh my god! Um, yes. That I feel is kind of my child. Um, what are you going into it as a viewer after the after you even said this was the se the show that opened the Bravo gates for you? Are you excited for this new season? Are you worried for anybody? Because Ariana even said she yeah. wouldn't be surprised if people turn on her. She did. She did. Well, Ariana's a pro, and Ariana knows that um, how this works, and you can only hate someone for so long even Tom Sandoval and people like a comeback um, and things like that. Um, so I am worried for Ariana just because the nature of how these shows work is there's just a natural like peaks and Valley and in character developments and arcs and blah, 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 and things like that. Um, I'm worried as a fan in the sense that how can they live up to the hype and the drama that is Scandival? Um, and since getting into Vanderpump, we here at the Vile Files have gone back to season one and have been recapping behind Vile Files Plus. If anyone is interested in, in doing going through that journey with us, uh, check us out. But oh my god, I, it, I we just finished season two. Oh. I, I think that was the greatest season of reality television of all time ever. There's something about season two that really hits the artists. And honestly, like, I, part of me is glad that I didn't watch season two 
prior to Scandaval because I find it, I, I would have empathized with Tom a lot more. And, and I don't know if, if, um, I don't know if anyone was, had the appetite for any type of empathy for Tom in that moment, but there were some, I, 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 I was obviously, I was very hard on Tom. I have been, I continue to have been hard on Tom. I was hard on Tom to his face when we did special forces. Um, that being said, you know, I don't, I don't think we, you know, we, we live in a world we, we try to, we, we try to put people in boxes, either good or evil. It's all black or white. There's no nuance. And for all of Tom's faults, I do think he, the Tom I have gotten to know briefly has demonstrated some good characteristics. You know, there's a lot, I, I wouldn't trust him to date a friend of mine. You know, I, I don't think he has shown that he can be a trustworthy partner, that being said, he is not without good qualities. And, um, and I think on season two, you know, when he stood by Kristen's side after finding out that she had slept with Jax's best friend and uh, he, him really trying to, I mean, I was touched by him crying during the reunion of season two saying he doesn't want to give up on believing in people. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I want, you know, where, where is that, Tom? You know, where's that, you know, where did that Tom go? Uh, and I want to believe it's still there. But that all being said, you know, I, I, my, my optimism with Vanderpump is that these, these, f- they always, they always step up and perform, you know, they, they, they are willing to, uh, give us a good show, but you know, they're not, they're not in their twenties anymore either. You know, they're, they're in their mid thirties and forties. And do they still have it in them to, to lead the messy life that creates the television that we love? Uh, to watch and critique. So I, I don't know. It'll be very interesting. I am curious if, if, if there is a rebound for Sandoval. I do think, I do think Ariana was in a no win situation though, because, you know, uh, when Scandival was going out on, like I said before, like when I, the reason why I said I I'm, I'm almost glad that I didn't watch season two of Vanderpump is because people were so angry you know, and, you know, obviously infidelity and cheating is so prevalent in our society. And I've said this before, I said this on Howie Mandel's show, but I think the reason why it kind of uh, took on his life of its own outside of Bravo Nation is because people could hold Tom Sandoval accountable for infidelity because so many people couldn't hold the people who, you mm. know, cheated on them accountable. And Tom kind of mm. became this poster boy of, any guy who's ever cheated on their partner, they could kind of take it out on Tom. So no one had an appetite for nuance or empathy for Tom, so to speak, in the moment. And so I think Ariana's only choice was to lean in to her pain. And I do think if at any time during Scandaval, at the height of it, if, if Ariana tried to kind of give us a whole like, well, you know... Maybe it's not, you know, and, and if Ariana tried to almost like extended olive branch and, and, and show empathy, I think fans would have gotten mad at her for it, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think her only choice was to lean in. And then because of how just fandom works and just over time, people just kind of get bored of saying, seeing the same thing. It's like, well, now they're going to criticize Ariana for like taking advantage of you know, the criticism and the pain. It's like, I think she was in a no win situation, you know, type of thing. And so it, it, it will be interesting 
um, to see what that storyline is. I got to imagine a lot of that storyline will be about the living situations between Ariana and Tom, uh, which is bizarre. It yeah. doesn't help Ariana's narrative. You know, how can you refuse to talk to some, but also live with them and like breakups are, I, Hey, listen, I used to, I broke, I, I had a fiance who cheated on me way back in, in my twenties and we lived together and I had to move in with my grandmother and it sucked and it was inconvenient. It was costly. I didn't like anything about it, but I did it, you know, because the alternative was to be in the same room with someone who really hurt me, you know, and the fact that Ariana is able to do that again, I'm not. I, I, I think Ariana, I love her. She's amazing. But I, I, I just, from a fan standpoint, I rec- she's opening herself up for future criticism. And so I, and for that reason, I'm worried for her. Yeah. Uh, and so that being said, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, well thank you. <laughs> thank you for your Vanderpump saying. Before we let you go, Nick, very quickly, the Golden Bachelor has come to an end. He has chosen Teresa, given her his final Golden Rose. But... <laughs> A few days before he gave out yeah. his final rose, there was that big expose that came out. What are your thoughts, feelings, and reflections about that? Because I, Danny and I were just talking about what we were most shocked about, but we want, we want to know what you think. I have mixed feelings. Um, I was actually in the middle of recording like a talking head reel to post on my social about it, but um, I'll give it to you guys. Um, mixed feelings. In, in, for, for one, in defense of Gary, uh, right, Gary, not Jerry. It's spelled Jerry, but pronounced Gary. Very Golden confusing. Gary, yeah. yeah. Um, the franchise itself has, uh, they like to oversimplify their characters. It's network television. You got, something you got to keep in mind. It's not Bravo Nation. Um, and so the, it's the show itself sometimes tries to craft a narrative about their leads that even the leads are a little uncomfortable with because it almost feels like I, I'm not that squeaky clean type of thing. Cause no one really is right. You know? Um, and I think, so, you know, so sometimes that is the fault of the show. Um, this kind of narrative and, 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 you know, it's the first golden bachelor. There were a lot of widow and widowers, you know, Gary being a, a, a widower and a lot of widows on the show, obviously that pulls in the heartstrings. Bachelor is often known for their sad, sappy stories on these dates. So it's kind of their playbook. Um, and, you know, uh, the, so Gary was going to lean into that, so to speak. On the flip side, you know, it is tough to watch an entire season of Gary selling this narrative that all he's been doing since the passing of his wife was cry, play pickleball, and occasionally having like this weird one-on-one moment with some hand lotion, you know? And, you know, that's all he's been doing. And in reality, we've come to find out that like, you know, the body was barely cold before Mm -hmm. he started dating. Um, And it just, it opens up a lot of questions about, you know, what was going on. That being said, I don't think it's that much of a story. He is allowed to date. He was allowed to date. He didn't cheat on anyone from what we know. There was no overlap. Even the the timeline is a little tight. Um, And big picture wise, this was a fantastic season I think what it gave us was a lot of hope and optimism for, you know, for all of us who are getting older, who feel a little lonely in this world, who 
who've had failed relationships or who have lost loved ones. And sometimes we feel like we don't deserve a second or third chance at love. And I think this season was very inspiring. And I don't think Bachelor Nation or the audience really wanted to hear Gary talk about his dating life post the death of his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like we wanted him to celebrate his wife. We wanted him to, to talk about that love. And so it just made better television. If I'm Gary from a PR standpoint, I'll give you a little, Gary, if you're listening, I don't know if he's talked about it, but I, I assume what he should, what he should say is something like, Hey, listen, I'm sorry if I misled anyone about my dating life. It was something I thought a lot about. This is my first time doing it. I really didn't know what to say. That being said, more than anything, not only was this an opportunity to find love again, but it was an opportunity to celebrate my wife and the love that we had. And I just really wanted to focus on her. And at the risk of misleading you about my dating life post the death of my wife, it was worth it to me to just give her that attention. And I think we'll all be happy with that. Wow. Uh, Crisis management firm is opening tomorrow with you. Yeah, I, that was perfect. <laughs> that. that was that was sublime. Um, Nick, thank you so much for taking the time oh, to talk to me and Danny. And also, we, we didn't get to say it, but congrats on being one of the last one standings on Special Forces. That took a lot of grit and strength and courage. Um, and I, we can't believe <laughs> that you even put yourself through that experience. But congratulations on making it to the end. And of course, congratulations to you and Natalie on becoming parents. That's so exciting. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, both of you. And uh, when, when we're talking some Housewives or pop cultures on our reality recap, well, maybe you guys can come on and, and join us for an episode. Oh, it would be our nothing more. If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality by Page Six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.